Biblical friendship on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. I am thrilled today to have Dr. Kevin Carson here with us, uh, a longtime and faithful brother in the movement of biblical counseling. Uh, he is a professor of biblical counseling at the Baptist Bible College and Theological Seminary in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, he's also a pastor at Sunrise Church in Ozark, Missouri. And Kevin, we're so grateful that you're uh, here to spend a little bit of time with us today. Thank you for the invitation. It's a joy to be with you and certainly to serve ACBC. Can you just explain for us this idea of what it means to be friends, what it means to have biblical friendships and and true biblical accountability? My thumbnail definition of a friend is someone who walks through life together in wisdom, essentially. It's someone who is there when days are good, when days are bad. It's someone who helps you. Uh, It's just an individual who loves you enough Uh, and cares for you enough to just walk with you. And I think there are key friendships I've had over the last 40 years uh, that have served me well. And there are times, friends, that haven't served me well, Mm -hmm. right? There's the good and the bad of friendships. And as you and I both know, as you watch the headlines, there's a number of pastors, biblical counselors, and just people, Christians in general, uh, who needed friends. Mm -hmm. And when someone needed to speak to them, no one was talking. Mm -hmm. And so it's certainly... Uh, a concern I have that as brothers and sisters in Christ, we learn the value of friendships. Yeah, I mean, that's so true when we think about uh, how important our friends are. Uh, the, the scriptures talk so much about even the things that we hear from other people and the way that we're counseled and the the the, um, the attention that we give to certain people's voices, whether that be for the sake of encouragement or keeping us away from difficulty. Man, these are critical relationships. So, if you're looking for a good friend or some sort of accountability partner um, to, to walk alongside of you, what do you what would you describe as some of the critical and key characteristics uh, of a of a biblical friend? I think one of them, and I've just cherry picked a few because there's so many biblical principles we could talk about. One of them I love is a Psalm one nineteen sixty three, where the psalmist says, "I am a companion of all those who fear you and of those who keep your precepts." Mm. I think that is such a fantastic foundation for a friendship. Mm -hmm. The person who fears God above everything else and the person who obeys God. And so trusting and obeying, respecting and obeying. I think of Daniel Mm -hmm. with his three friends. When you read his story, you certainly see four men who feared God over the king and feared God over consequences. And they were committed to each other. They were committed to obeying his precepts. And and so I think... um, among all the biblical stories, that's certainly one sweet one where you can see that key concept of one who fears God and respects God or obeys God as a key concept for friendship. I think also, I think Psalm 1 is helpful when it talks about, oh, happy is the person or the happiness of the person who walks not and stands not and sits not with sinners and in a world system and doesn't listen to the value judgment of the world around us. So I think that's another one of those key ideas in my mind is that you are looking for people who love Christ and are walking with Christ and have the wisdom of Christ uh, in the process of doing life. Um, I think a third 
third one that I love is in Psalm 15, when basically the psalmist says, who can hang out with God on his holy hill? And then it gives an entire list of both attitudes and actions of someone who loves God and someone who's paying attention to God. And so I think when you look at those things together, right, we're looking for wise people who have a heart of service toward others that have a high, high view of God are connected certainly with Jesus Christ and live a way that's consistent with both of those things. I mean, those are, man, so helpful, even categorically. And, and the way that you're tying them to Scripture really helps us to root uh, these ideas in God's design for our relationships with other people. You know, it's easy for us as people to have relationships with others and one of our primary goals, especially with our natural disposition being tending towards sin, is, is we like to have relationships with people who can do things for us, who we feel mm. good a, about ourselves when we're around them and uh, they're happy and go lucky. But there's also an element in Scripture of having people around us who speak truth into our life. Mm. Well, why is it important for us to make sure that we have friends who care enough about us to provide this type of accountability? I think there's a couple of good reasons. If we think about it in terms of eyes, I think we just need an extra pair of eyes. Mm. Uh, this last weekend, we had the kids out and we were walking through the woods in Missouri and the wilderness of Mark Twain National Forest. And one of my kids said, you know, I just feel like something's on me. And I got to checking and he had seed ticks everywhere. And they were up and down his back and he couldn't see them. He knew something wasn't right and he something didn't feel right, but he had no way of seeing them. And I think when we think about it biblically, that's kind of why we need a friend. We need someone who's watching out for us, someone who's questioning our motives, someone who is carefully looking at what we do and just asking good follow-up questions because the benefits are big. Of course, we need encouragement about those things that I think all of us need, the benefits of community, of being a friend to somebody so that we have an outlet to serve as well. So I think those are a couple of key reasons is that we need friends and we need to be a friend to other people. So we don't want to minimize your potential role in the life of another person, yeah. because just as much as we need it personally, we need to be able to provide it for other people. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly right. So when we, when we think through this, um, you know, we've talked about conceptually what we would hope would happen in relationships. Now let's talk about getting really practical about, how to pursue these types of friendships. I mean, what are a few suggestions going forward uh, if we're going to build these types of, of friendships? I think one is to be the kind of person that you would desire as a friend. Right? Take the principles we've kind of talked about and apply them to your own life so that you're walking in wisdom, walking in the Spirit, uh, aware of the presence of Christ, worshiping Christ, so that you develop the personal characteristics that you would become the kind of person that could help somebody else. Uh, the second thing, I think, is you cultivate these kinds of friendships in daily living. Uh, there's probably several practical ways of doing that. One is don't keep records of how people respond to you all the time. Let things roll off quickly. Uh, deal with conflict as it comes up. Uh, sometimes people say, well, I've tried to be a friend, uh, but they didn't do anything back for me. I, I've heard... People tell me I bake them something and they never bake me anything. I invited them over to the house and they didn't invite me over to the, their house. And the tit for tat back and forth. I think we just have to not be a historian mm -hmm. and just recognize we can serve other people. Uh, serve often and creatively. And as we serve, check our motivation. 
why are we doing these things? Are we doing it to honor Christ and to help others uh, so that we have this other-centeredness as just a daily lifestyle? Mm. And the third thing, I think, is just be intentional to seek accountability and to seek friendship. I think if we trust just the idea of, well, we'll get to it when we can, I don't know if it'll ever happen, right? Life is busy. And for most people, too busy just to expect maybe hopefully someday we'll get together uh, and follow up with each other. Be the instigator. Uh, don't let, when someone asks you, hey, can you help me here? Or, will you pray for me? Or will you hold me accountable for this? I think a lot of times as Christians, we're happy to not hold them accountable mm-hmm. because we want them to do well. And sometimes, at least in my mind, no news is good news. So if I don't ask, I won't hear mm-hmm. uh, what's going on. And so we just don't follow up. And in the process, there are times the other person's hurt, uh, but even worse, sometimes they get caught because we weren't trying to help them along. So these types of relationships, uh, man, I wish they were natural, but they're so difficult. And as you've been describing, this is this takes intentional effort for us to be able to pursue these types of relationships. And, and I think about relationships in the church. Oftentimes those are more formal relationships where we almost keep people at a distance. You know, Mm. we walk in on Sunday morning and we say something like, you know, hey, how are you doing? And uh, sometimes we become the biggest liars in those moments (laughs) uh, because we we don't stop and tell people honestly how we are feeling about life and and how things are really going. So so what does a relationship like this look like in the local church and, and how is it helpful in us truly caring for one another in the body? Well, I think it begins with understanding our passion has to be for the one another ministries of the scripture, where we recognize the necessity and we want to fulfill our role. I just passed somebody on the sidewalk on our way for this conversation. And it's someone I taught several years ago, and she greeted me and I said, hi, and I asked, how are you doing? Well, we've talked about this in class before. And so 15 minutes later, uh, I had her story and it was a significant story. Her family's gone through some significant hardship. Mm. And it was just a joy of mine to be able to stop for a few moments, talk to her, help her think through it, uh, say a word of prayer, uh, but just to be intentional in that moment, not to allow that moment just to go by with, I'm doing fine, or just keep moving. Uh, I think the second thing, we need to move our model of care probably down to life groups and small groups so that the church uh, has very close relationships, that there are a number of individuals, a couple of couples or singles or whatever it looks like where those relationships both fundamentally are for encouragement and for learning, for applying the word, so that we know each other's names, we know family members, we know major events that are going on. Uh, I think that's one way with intentional goals to help. And then for biblical counseling, I think we can train and use advocates, right? So we're using those friends so that we get a 360-degree assessment of how they're doing during the week, Uh, So we as counselors have the opportunity to extend what we're doing with them because there's a friend here who's willing to walk the road with them. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. I'm delighted that Dr. Kevin Carson is going to join us as one of our plenary session speakers at our annual conference in Memphis, Tennessee. That conference is entitled Valley of the Shadow, Suicide, Suffering, and the scriptures. He'll be talking to us about suicide in the aftermath, and I'm excited for him to address this very difficult topic 
that we need to hear. If you'd like to find out more information about our annual conference and other resources and trainings that we offer, you can find out more about that at biblicalcounseling.com.